Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Anthony Iacobucci. He is the national sales trainer at National Credit Care, which is a company that helps people improve their credit ratings and improve their credit scores. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Anthony. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys. Just give us a little bit of your background and how you got to where you are today. Oh, no, absolutely. So I've been with National Credit Care uh, over 10 years now. I started back in, uh, in late 2011. Um, I've come really full circle within the organization. Primarily, most of my job resided out in the field meeting mortgage professionals and bankers nationally. Uh, like most org- organizations, COVID sent us uh, through as a curveball uh, in 2020. Um, so I've transitioned into more of a trainer role uh, as flying out into territory, meeting some of our referral partners face to face. Quite frankly, has become obsolete. So it's it's been an interesting journey for my for myself here within the last 10 years of, of being in the field to now being in the office uh, five days a week. Very good. So let's kind of start on a broad level here. The state of Americans' credit scores and credit reports. Are most of them accurate uh, or most of them inaccurate when you kind of look at it? Unfortunately, most are actually inaccurate, uh, Jordan. Uh, majority of people's credit reports have some sort of misreporting or erroneous error on there. It could range from something like a wrong address or a wrong middle name where it really has no impact to actually having true, true derogatory information uh, accumulate on their profile, whether it truly was theirs or not. So aren't the credit agencies, uh, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, their job is to keep these uh, reports as clean and accurate as possible. Are they not doing a good job at that? So unfortunately, Jordan, they are doing, quite frankly, an awful job. And it's actually up to you, the borrower or the consumer, that makes that I must make sure that everything is 100% accurate and verifiable. That burden is put on the average Joe or Jane, the average American citizen. The credit bureaus have so many different people they're keeping uh, proper documentation on. They're dealing with you know, tens of thousands of not only creditors, but servicers and financial institutions alike. So oftentimes things are wires get crossed or misreporting uh, transpires. So really it's up to you, the consumer, to make sure that everything on your credit report is 100% accurate. Now, there have been a lot of complaints about the credit bureaus over the years, and there was some relatively recent legislation uh, making them more accountable to consumers and levying some pretty big fines on them. Has that had an impact in improving the accuracy and quality of credit reports? To be honest, those lawsuits were just a drop in the bucket. They're three independent billion-dollar organizations. Unfortunately, you know, a $10, 12 $18 million lawsuit, though it does hurt to some degree, it doesn't really shift the whole movement of things being properly reported. Unfortunately, the credit bureaus are independent, for-profit, billion-dollar organizations. They are not policed or held accountable by any government entity. So unfortunately, they've invented a game in which we all have to have to abide by and play by, and then there's no one really keeping them in line. Now, some would say that their real customers are not uh, the people whose credit is being tracked, but the, the lenders who are paying them more to see people's credit reports. Is that correct? What is the business model of the credit bureaus? And maybe that makes a difference as to wh- whether they keep things accurate or not. 
Yeah, Jordan, you hit the nail on the head with that one for sure. Uh, unfortunately, the credit bureaus, their lights are kept on by financial institutions, creditors, debt collectors, you name it. They're actually being paid to report this information. So it's not you know any sort of government entity and or the average consumer that keeps the lights on at TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. It really comes down to the financial institutions that are paying them each and every month to report information both positive and negative. Positive being, you know, on-time payments, you know, paying your mortgage on time, auto loans, to the negative contracts, which is going to be, you know, late payment history, collections, bankruptcies, medical bills, anything and everything that adversely affects your score. Well, wouldn't the financial institutions, the lenders, want the credit reports to be as accurate as possible so they can make accurate and fair and up-to-date decisions? Well, you would think so, right? But I think the one thing that, at least from a financial institution standpoint, what is everything based upon? It's based on rate diversification, meaning that they prefer to actually do some transactions that have risk behind them, because what could they do at that juncture? They could offer higher interest rates. If everyone had perfect credit, by perfect reporting, everyone would have a 740 credit score, and there would be no uh, rate fluctuation. So they actually like to do, oftentimes, transactions on a, on a potential borrower on the mortgage side that might be a 620, a 643, a 660. No, they don't want everyone to have that squeaky 740 credit score. So uh, tell us the, the three basic things that people need to improve their credit score. What are the, the factors that are most highly weighted in the, the rankings to create a credit score? So first and foremost, I think that the easiest way for any sort of person listening to this to really maximize their credit score. And it's stuff they can do on their own is first and foremost, you know, properly identifying their debt utilization. Debt utilization is just kind of a fancy way of saying your balance to limit ratios. Uh, you always want to maintain low credit card balances month over month. And make, and make sure that you're maintaining usage, meaning that you're actually using those credit cards. Optimal scoring, Jordan, is going to be having each card below a 10% balance. You never want to breach 30% of your, your credit card available balance month over month, as it will actually substantially hurt your credit profile. I think an interesting caveat to add to that, Jordan, quite frankly, is going to be it is not cumulative uh, in regards to your credit cards. Everything weighs the same. So if you have, hypothetically speaking, if you have 10 credit cards, each card is worth 30%, or each card is worth 3%, because 30% of your credit score is allocated towards having credit cards open. If you had three credit cards, each credit card is 10%. If you had one credit card, that one credit card is worth 30%. So it's important to understand that every card that you have open counts equally. Where you want to carry those balances is up below that 10% threshold. So it sounds like... Um, another way... Go ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go for it. I was just going to say, it's, it seems that negative information is more heavily weighted than positive information. It's easier to get your score dragged down than it is to improve it. Is that correct? Well, you know, negative, negative derogatory, questionable accounts, when we're talking about, you know, late payment history, medical bills, collection accounts, quite frankly, it's only affecting about 35% of your credit score. That's what we call that section of, the, of your credit profile payment history. So actually, 65% of the scoring model is something that the average Joe or Jane can handle on their own by maintaining low credit card balances, paying things on time, 
taking low inquiries month over month, maintaining a nice length of history. 35% of your score is being dragged down by the negative. And that's where most of our consumers, our borrowers here at National Credit Care, that's where they're really hiring, hiring us to hone in on. But quite frankly, if you're not addressing everything, you know, you're, you're not going to see that healthy credit score, which everyone really wants month over month. So 35% of that credit score being derogatory, um, that's where all of those collection accounts, those late payments, bankruptcy-related issues, really anything and everything that's on the negative side, it's going to be scored in that 35%. So though it is not the majority, it is still a substantial component of your credit profile, which really is, is a, a real bugaboo for most consumers because, quite frankly, Jordan, they have no idea how to address it. Paying on open collection accounts oftentimes does not bring resolution to the person's credit profile. So if you think going back and just paying on outstanding collections is going to help you attain perfect credit, most of the times that's actually an incorrect statement. So you're saying people are making moves they think are going to help their credit score when, in fact, it can be hurting them? Quite frankly, yes. I think a lot of our clientele oftentimes are coming to us before they've done what? They've done a couple of Google searches. Maybe they watched a YouTube video on cleaning up their credit. Maybe they went to a source like Credit Karma. There's so much misinformation out there, Jordan. It's really steering Joe public in the wrong direction of increasing their credit scores. And understanding the volatility of the credit profile is something we understand pretty darn well here at National Credit Care. So there are, you're saying there are some things people can do on their own and some things it's better to use a service like yours. Briefly, what are some yeah. of the things they can do on their own? What are some things that it's really better to have your help to uh, take care of? Sure. So I think establishing new trade lines is something a consumer can always do on their own themselves. Getting a secured credit card opening, applying for a, revolving, a lot of revolving debt, opening a personal trade line, um, that's going to help really maximize some of their positive credit score. That's something that uh, he or she can always do on their own. Uh, having a nice length of history is always advantageous to the cause as well. So maintaining accounts that have been open for a long period of time, i.e. not closing old accounts. We see times and times again, especially in a world we're living with credit card companies offering fantastic rewards, cash back, airline miles. We're seeing a lot of consumers that have really well-established accounts. They're actually closing these old accounts to open newer accounts to get better benefits. That oftentimes is shooting the consumer in the foot because they're closing some older accounts. And that's something they can simply do on their own as well by maintaining longer lengths of history each and every month uh, by maintaining older credit card accounts. Um, I think another big killer of the credit score that the average Joe does on their own is taking on too many inquiries. Uh, especially in a world that we live in now where we love to uh, peruse the Internet, uh, checking retail stores, clicking on this ad, clicking on that ad, clicking on this reward or offer, and all of a sudden we're seeing an accumulation of, of inquiries that are really costing the borrower substantial points. Uh, Jordan, did you know that you lose anywhere from two to five points on a hard inquiry? Hard inquiry is going to happen in four different verticals or four different arenas. One is going to be mortgage. The other is going to be car, credit card, lastly, insurance. They're all going to cost you about two to five points each and every time you pull your credit. So imagine yeah. someone who goes car shopping and pulls their credit, credit eight, ten times in a day trying to, pull, trying to find the right car for his or her family. And all of a sudden, you, you're losing anywhere from 15 to 30 points month over month, really due to just simply going car shopping. 
Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Anthony Iacobucci. He is the national sales trainer at National Credit Care, which is a company that helps people improve their credit scores and credit reports. Their website is nationalcreditcare.com. We'll be back after this. All around the world, tech companies are innovating and driving returns for investors. Our crowd analyzes companies across the global market, selecting those with the greatest growth potential, then brings them to you. From personalized medicine to health tech, our crowd is identifying innovators so you can invest where growth potential is greatest early. Our crowd is the fastest growing venture capital investment community. Our crowd's accredited investors have already invested over $1 billion in growing tech companies. 21 of the portfolio companies are unicorns, and many of our crowd's members have benefited from over 40 IPOs or sale exits of portfolio companies. Now you can invest in Future Family, which is providing millions of dollars to families with access to affordable treatment through buy now, pay later financing. Future Family powers 15% of the U.S. fertility clinic market. Last year, they grew patients served by 300%. Invest today at our crowd. Invest in Future Family at OURCROW.com slash answers. You can join our crowd for free at OURCROW.com slash answers. Join the fastest growing venture capital investment community at rcrowd.com slash answers. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's gonna be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is gonna be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. 
My guest this hour is Anthony Iacobucci. He is the national sales trainer at National Credit Care, which is a company that helps people improve their credit and their credit scores. You can find out more at their website, nationalcreditcare.com. Welcome back to the show, Anthony. So we want to catch some of the things that people do which uh, hurts their credit scores. You're saying doing too many applications uh, would do it. Let's talk about past credits. Say you're behind on a bill and it's gone to a debt collector, and it's been a while, it's maybe even it's been charged off. If you start paying on that again, how does that affect your credit score? You know, it's, it's probably the most interesting paradox that, that we come across on a daily basis. A lot of folks, um, whether it's you know, maybe due to negligence, maybe they just had a tough time, they weren't able to keep up with their bills, they may have went through a bad divorce, an accumulation of collections or charge-offs touched their credit report. Unfortunately, at that juncture, the damage has already been done, Jordan. Um, the credit score has already been compromised. Unfortunately, paying these outstanding collection accounts most of the time um, does not help the credit score. In fact, it oftentimes drops the score, and I'll explain exactly why. The algorithm that's approved by Fannie and Freddie for specific mortgage, mortgage lending, it does not calculate monetary debt. It just picks up negative remarks or questionable remarks, in this case, a collection account. And in the eyes of the algorithm, in the eyes of this mathematical equation, a collection is a collection is a collection. A $10,000 collection or a $0 paid collection reported in the same month, Jordan, will adversely affect the score at the same rate. So though a lot of times in a... For example, the home buying process, you know, your outstanding debt is has a substantial impact on your loan approval. The first base of any transaction, whether it's mortgage-related, um, trying to just clean up your credit, achieve a home loan, um, a car, so on and so forth, is that credit score. Paying on outstanding open collection accounts oftentimes has an adverse effect on the credit score because... The date of last activity, or in layman's terms, the recency of a collection, that's what the score is based upon. So if you go back, for example, if we had a collection that reported this month and you paid it in full, month over month, meaning next month, if you pulled your credit profile, it would look like a brand new $0 collection. And your score would actually hurt because the recency is what dictates the score fluctuation up or down. If there is a recent collection account, your score goes down. So paying on old outstanding debt, though it might seem the moral, morally the, uh, the, right, the moral thing to do, oftentimes it's not helping the credit score. And so what can you at National Credit Care do if somebody has made a mistake like that and their score has been hurt by them trying to do the right thing? What can you do to improve their score to get rid of that mistake? Fantastic question. What we can do is utilize a set of laws. It's called the Fair Credit Reporting Act. You know, really what it states, Jordan, you know, as, as a consumer, you're obligated if you presented verifiable documentation that's 100% complete, non-obsolete, and verifiable, meaning that it's not a matter of the was a questionable account, was a negative account, in fact, yours. It's do, do the credit bureaus maintain proper documentation through the creditors month in and month out. You're obligated, as the life of a borrower, to be presented verifiable documentation that's going to attach you to such things as medical debt, collection accounts, repossessions, late payment history. Oftentimes, Jordan, the, the creditors do not have this verifiable documentation. Okay, 
Um, the inability of creditors to provide month in and month out proper records at a credit bureau level leads to these questionable accounts being alleviated off the profile. And right there is the premise of credit restoration in itself. The removal so of any of these questionable accounts, that's what puts points back into your score. So my understanding is you have the right to challenge what you see as incorrect information, derogatory information on your credit report. And if the creditors cannot prove within 30 days it's accurate, it has to come off. Is that what the law says? Absolutely. But in fact, in many cases, they do not have that documentation. What, what happens if there's a creditor, Sears Roebuck, okay, that went out of business and you know, there's something and there's nobody to go back to to verify the report one way or the other? What happens in a case like that? It's an interesting question as well. A lot of times creditors are going out of business or servicers are cease to exist. The inability of them to respond to an investigation from TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, they only have 30 to 45 business days to give their response. If the bureaus do not hear back from this creditor, it is then alleviated off the profile that way as well. There's different kind of caveats in which we can utilize the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Oftentimes, it's the verifiable documentation. Other times, it's the time frames. It really is subjective to exactly which creditor that we're working with at that moment in time. Okay. So... Uh, but do, do, in fact, the credit bureaus do that? If they don't get a response within 30 days, do they typically take these erroneous things off, or you have to push them to do so? You know, th- you know they should. Uh, you know, most times we found that they do. Uh, again, uh, removing some of this information is a lot cost-effective for them than dealing with a class-action lawsuit for not removing uh, proprietary information that's obstructing folks from such things as the mortgage process. So, yeah, I mean, we, we find that most times they're removing the information. If they're not, you know, we have our, our back-end service that can actually help uh, get some of that stuff exonerated if it isn't removed and we know that it, that it is not, in fact, the client's. So, uh, but for the most part, Jordan, they're going to remove anything that's unverifiable. And can you help them verify and can you say, show them a bill and say, here, I paid it on time and or it only has to come from the creditor? Yeah, so uh, another point I'd like to make is this, you know, what people really uh, utilize credit restoration at, national, at a national credit care level is that we have great familiarity with various creditors and servicers nationally. You know, we have tons and tons of data as well as analytics that, you know, really helps expedite the process here for our clientele. We understand who's not good at producing invoices or who doesn't have a bill of sale, who's not very good at keeping payment history or collecting delinquency notices. And we're just we're just requesting that on the behalf of our clients each month in and month out. There have been a lot of firms that have gone into the credit restoration, credit enhancement business. You see people even on telephone polls, you know, got your credit problem, we'll fix it for you, call this number. How is National Credit Care different from all the other companies saying they can help you repair your credit? Well, goodness, I know that we only have uh, about another 30 minutes, but uh, there's, a, there's tons of great things over here at National Credit Care that makes a difference. First, um, Credit restoration, credit rehabilitation is heavily, heavily regulated, not only at a state level as well as a federal level. Uh, National Credit Care, first and foremost, is fully licensed and bonded to operate in all 50 states. And we do, use, we do cross our T's and dot our I's both at state level as well as a federal level. There's specific parameters that must be followed, not only to contest the accuracy of people's credit profiles, but there is a specific billing structure that must be followed month in and month out. 
what a lot of these other organizations have done, and the guy or gal that uh, is the local credit repair expert in their hometown where they're just stapling flyers up on telephone poles, oftentimes they're just simply doing a surface verification, meaning that they're just doing something called the dispute, which is very different than what we do at here at National Credit Care. A dispute is simply just doing a name, address, and social verification. If the credit bureaus have that information on a particular account, the account is then verified, and that questionable account is now stuck on the consumer's credit profile. What National Credit Care does is we utilize the Fair Credit Reporting Act to contest the accuracy. Oftentimes, we're saying, hey, we understand that this questionable account is, in fact, our clients, but it's, it's our right to have you prove, prove it to us month in and month out. So we may request an original contract or application, 16-digit account numbers, signatures, addresses, you know, you name it, we can request it through this verification process. And that's really the big difference. On top of the countless technological advances that we've made within credit restoration, we have the ability to do soft credit polls for our clients monthly if requested. We have uh, client portals where they can, you know, follow along the work that we're doing for them. And then I think first and foremost, the, the biggest difference between us and others, quite frankly, Jordan, is our people. We have a, a rigorous training and development program where we're really customizing uh, our new hires and new employees to understand the ins and outs of credit, handling credit basics, not only at an elementary level, but at a technological or excuse me, at a very high technical level. Well, what is the typical about of relationships with mortgage banks? You know, that's the differentiator. The big, the last differentiator between us and other groups is is that we're mortgage related. You know, banks from you know from Washington down to Florida, from New York down to to Arizona, they're they're they're, they're sending their clients to us because we do a good job for their clientele. What what is the typical improvement in a credit score from your clients? You know, really varies so much. Uh, I, I've seen people in our program that they've jumped 100 points in a month. I've seen people get modest increases, three to four. It really depends on, you know, there's too many variables to kind of give you an exact like an exact average. But there are other places that guarantee your, point, your score will go up 100 points or more. Is that not possible? Uh, I, the only guarantee that there is in credit restoration is that if you do not address your credit profile, the score is not going to increase naturally on its own. Um, unfortunately, we're in the business of, of under-promising and over-delivering here at National Credit Care, where a lot of our competitors are using such things as guarantees. Um, I think it's just kind of a cheap sale tactic, quite frankly. Uh, there's, there's no way to guarantee points. What if a creditor sold a debt from one creditor to another or the borrower took on new late payments? They maxed out a credit card. There's no way to guarantee 100 points to a consumer. Yeah, very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Anthony Iacobucci. He is the national sales trainer at National Credit Care, which is a company that can help you improve your credit scores and your credit report. Uh, their website is nationalcreditcare.com. We'll be back after this. I recently started subscribing to Blinkist, which is a service that gives you condensed versions of top books and audios on many vital topics. You can read the most important ideas of a 200-page book in 10 to 15 minutes and listen to the audio of that book in 30 minutes or less. Blinkist empowers you to grow personally and professionally by discovering content that inspires, motivates, and gives you new perspectives. Blinkist offers you content in 27 categories. 
In the business and money world, it covers entrepreneurship, economics, management and leadership, money and investments, and career. That's a lot to learn about. In the money and investment sections, I read some of the classics of the field, such as One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch and The Last Safe Investment by Michael Ellsberg. Other offerings include some of the authors I've interviewed on The Money Answer Show, such as Grant Sabatier, who wrote Financial Freedom, and Aaron Lowry of Broke Millennial. I particularly enjoyed Mind Over Money by Claudia Hammond, which delves into why we make the financial decisions we do based on how we've been raised, for better or worse. She tells several interesting stories about the mistakes people make with money, which really drives home her points. In the economic sections, I particularly enjoyed The Raging Twenties by Alec Ross about who will win and lose in this decade. And then there is The Promise of Bitcoin by Bobby Lee, which explains how to take advantage of the emerging world of cryptocurrencies. And that's just a small sample of what you'll find on Blinkist. Use Blinkist to become a better, smarter, and more knowledgeable you. I'd love to have you have the same positive experience I've had exploring what Blinkist has to offer. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for listeners of The Money Answers Show. Go to Blinkist.com slash Money Answers to start your free seven-day trial and 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Money Answers to get 25% off and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash Money Answers. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. It's Jordan Goodman, your host. 
My guest this hour is Anthony Iacobucci. He's the national sales trainer at National Credit Care, a company that helps you improve your credit score and your, improve your accuracy of your credit report. You can find out more at their website, nationalcreditcare.com. Welcome back to the show, Anthony. So let's talk about public records, what those are, and how that impacts your credit score. Sure. Well, I think when we talk public record, there's going to be the big three types of public record that, that quite frankly, used to affect your credit score and still does. I'll talk about each one individually. Um, the, the big three are going to be bankruptcy, tax lien, uh, as well as judgment. Okay. Um, Fannie and Freddie made a change to the algorithm, uh, call it about three years ago, uh, in regards to public record actually affecting your credit score. Um, they've actually eliminated tax liens and judgments off your credit report completely. In my expert opinion, Jordan, I think that was a, was a really big mistake. The one type of collection account that can really torpedo some sort of mortgage transaction, which is what we specifically specialize in at National Credit Care, um, is going to be tax liens and judgments. You could have perfect credit. You could work at Amazon, be a Microsoft engineer. You can have 20% down on a home price process, uh, a home loan. You can have tons of reserves and liquidity. But if you have an opener tax lien or judgment, um, no financial institution could process your loan. The fact that they've taken it off your credit profile made it a little bit trickier for a lot of those mortgage banks back in you know, 2018, 2019, when this kind of first came to fruition. So tax lien judgments do not affect your credit score at the current state of the algorithm. However, it can still kill a transaction for you um, if you're not careful or honest or upfront about what's out there against you. Um, Why did Fannie and Freddie do that? Why did Fannie and Freddie take those off? They said there was too much volatility in the the mortgage-based algorithm. Out of all the things they could have eliminated, my personal opinion was probably medical debt. I would assume that medical debt made the most sense to get removed, to give the average consumer some extra points in the profile. But they removed tax liens and judgments, which led from about anywhere from 5 to 15-point score increases uh, on all of nationwide borrowers and citizens um, at that moment in time. But it's caused a a tremendous amount of headaches across the board because, like I mentioned, you could be, you know, a Microsoft engineer with 20 percent down and a half a million dollar in assets. But if you have a three thousand dollar judgment, you know, you cannot get financing. If you have a fifteen hundred dollar tax lien, you can you cannot get financing. So to alleviate that off of credit reports, which was such a fantastic checks and balances, not only for the average consumer, but as you know, mortgage banks alone, uh, you know, as well, um, I thought was a mistake. So you're saying that when you do an application, a mortgage application, it's going to ask you, do you have a tax lien and do you have judgments? And if, in fact, you do and you answer no, you're lying, but it's, they're not going to pick it up because it's not part of your credit report, you may be able to get through. Is that what you're saying? It, it, they, can, they can get down to a certain point. They can really go down the rabbit hole in regards to a pre, pre-approval. Now, most mortgage banks, they have to do something called a public record search. But the important thing to understand is that you can get pretty far along in the mortgage process by just clicking that box saying no. 
Uh, it could really undermine the transaction. It could kind of uh, you know, really throw a wrench with the seller of the property and ultimately the the buyer because you know a lot of times I'm not even saying they're checking the box no because they don't realize they have it. Sometimes, especially with how we become we've become such a transit transit community, a transit country where people are moving all the time. There might be a, a small tax lien for five hundred dollars in, in in a small county somewhere and you move, you know, halfway across the country and you forget about it and it could really it can derail you on a on a mortgage application. So it's important to understand uh, that uh, uh, again, I thought it was a mistake to remove it off the credit profile because it'd be there clear as day once you pulled the credit report. Yeah. Let's talk about medical billing as well. So a lot of people have had medical bills. Um, hospitals and doctors can be quite aggressive in collecting all those medical debts. How does that affect people's credit scores? Uh, quite frankly, uh, Jordan, this is probably the main reason we're in business. Medical billing has become such a detriment nationally, it's, it's quite sad. Um, medical billing, medical bills and, and collection accounts are usually hitting your your credit profile anywhere from 45 to, to 60 days after a procedure. Um, the medical institutions are in the business of saving lives, not collecting upon debt. So with that being said, if an insurance provider actually slow pays a medical institution because they're doing their, their due diligence... Uh, oftentimes, the, the medical uh, institution is just going to sell that debt for pennies on the dollar to a third-party collector, uh, while the insurance provider is doing their homework and trying to gather all the information to properly assess the situation. Um, average debt is sold from anywhere from 3 to $0.07 cents on the dollar to a third-party creditor. Uh, that's where I think a lot of these creditors are making substantial headway in regards to their profit margin, right? Uh, I mean, if you buy a medical bill, for it's a $1,000 medical bill, and you're buying it for $0.03, cents, you're spending $30 on a $1,000 bill, and I call you 90 days after a procedure and thinking that insurance was supposed to pick it up. In fact, they didn't. Well, guess what, Jordan? It's your lucky day. Instead of $1,000, I'll give you – I'll take $500 today. All of a sudden, that $30 investment they made 60, 90 days ago is now, is now resulting in almost you know, $470 profit by the third-party creditor. Um, it's, 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 a big, it's a big problem. And also, so what should people do? If, if, they, if they get offers like that, should they not accept offers like that? It's, I'm always on the horn with my insurance provider. Sometimes they can get involved and get things alleviated pretty darn quickly. Unfortunately, just kind of the nature of the business now, where oftentimes you're seeing these little ticky-tock medical bills really affect people's credit profiles. Again, as I alluded to a little bit earlier during our discussion, a $20 copay that was missed would be the same as a $200,000 ER visit. Um, it's all about the reporting date, right? So if they report in the same month, that $20 copay hurts as much as, as maybe a, a fight for life um, you know, helicopter ride. So as crazy as that, that sounds, I want to give a, a dramatic example, mainly because um, that's the volatility of the algorithm. What, what has been the impact of COVID the last two years or so? When we've had a lot of people getting sick, a lot of people losing their jobs or having less, fewer hours, what has that been the impact on people's credit scores? So it's it's, it's had on the on the credit impact side, um, it's had a huge detriment. Uh, medical bills continue to pile up. Um, you know, oftentimes some 
you know, there's a lot of finger pointing happening from hospitals in regards to COVID patients, things like that. Uh, a lot of times there was some sort of deferment or, or bereavement given to um, loans such as auto loans and car loan or uh, mortgages, things like that, uh, where people just were slow playing or not paying. Um, a lot of times people just heard information in regards to like, hey, the government's not, uh, the government's waiving all payments. Uh, a lot of times people needed to call, you know, Ford Motor or, uh, you know, Honda Financial to, you know, simply make sure that there was going to be, you know, a 90-day skip or deferment on their auto loan. People just assumed they got it. And there was an accumulation of late payments, things like that as well. Uh, the loss of job um, obviously, you know, hurts across the board in regards to keeping up with payments. There's been a higher accruement of late payment history and accounts falling into collection status. So in general, COVID has hurt a lot of people's credit scores, is what you're saying? Yes, yes. But there is some shining light behind it. Not that there is ever a shining light with a pandemic of this, this nature. But think about this logically as well. Uh, a lot of people are not going back to work. A lot of offices have, have commenced to ever open up again. Um, the credit bureaus, as well as creditors, they are billion-dollar for-profit organizations. They are giant call centers nationally. They're undermanned. They're underwhelmed in regards to staffing. So we actually have seen a higher uptick in able to help people's credit scores nationally because we're working with skeleton crews at a credit bureau level. A lot of creditors have gone out to business. These call centers have been shut down or their response time is few and far between. We've actually seen an uptick in regards to getting accounts removed than we ever had in my 10 years at National Credit Care. Because there's fewer people there to do it. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head yet again. Well, very interesting. Okay. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Anthony Iacobucci. He's the national sales trainer at National Credit Care, which is a company based in Colorado that helps people improve their credit scores and get errors off their credit reports. You can find out more at their website, nationalcreditcare.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Anthony Iacobucci. He's the national sales trainer at National Credit Care, a company helping people improve their credit scores and credit reports. Their website, nationalcreditcare.com. Welcome back to the show, Anthony. 
Another big debt a lot of people have is student loans. So what is the impact if you become late or delinquent on your student loans on your credit score? Yeah, it's, that, that was a huge, huge uh, issue that we've been dealing with, specifically in, in conjunction with, with COVID. Uh, the federal government was very good about throwing everybody into ferment. Uh, I think they believe they just started accepting um, payments again after, goodness, gosh knows, over a year. Uh, unfortunately, there's been a lot of credit reports, but specifically student loan debt, whether it's turned into collection status or had late payment history uh, associated with it. The good news is this. You're actually able to call the U.S. Department of Education and set up their rehabilitation plan. All that really looks like is this. They're going to reamortize your loan, come up with a monthly payment that works for you. Once you make anywhere from six to nine, you know, varies per person, right? Uh, and obviously, it correlates with how much debt there is. But anywhere from about six to nine consecutive payments, they'll lift all of those questionable accounts, uh, statuses that may have that transpired on the person's credit profile, whether it's the late payment history, them being collection status altogether. But it's an easy call to the U.S. US Department of Education. They've actually been quite fantastic and helping uh, the students get back on path of having good credit health. So you're saying if people have been taking deferment, they've not been making their payments as the federal government has allowed, that you could get in trouble with your credit score anyway, even though you're doing something that's legal? Yes, unfortunately, I have seen from time to time an accumulation of late payments um, on, a, on a student side. There shouldn't be any sort of reporting as they were in deferment. But uh, again, even prior to there even being deferment, uh, when the pandemic started really rearing its ugly head, um, late payments were accumulated. Collections, or excuse me, trade lines were turned into collection accounts. Um, but there is an easy fix at the U.S. Department of Education level. And it's an easy phone call for you to make. And anyone who's listening that's dealing with it now just needs to Google U.S. Department of Education Rehabilitation Program. Give them a call, and they'll get you set up and squared away. Another big area is car loans. Uh, people have been buying a lot of cars lately, in particular a lot of used cars. What happens if you run get behind on your car loan or lease to your credit score? Unfortunately, that it can have a, a severe adverse effect. Uh, those those late payments tend to pile up and pile up pretty darn quickly. Um, we've seen, you know, oftentimes, sometimes in a circumstance like the pandemic, where a, a borrower or two, a borrower may miss a payment or two, then think they're caught up, and all of a sudden there's a rolling late payment that follows them. So each and every person that uh, might have had some sort of issues uh, with falling behind on automobile loans, you simply just call the servicer, uh, ask them what the outstanding balance is or what it's going to take for them to get current. Again, I, I, not understand, I understand that life has thrown us all major, major curveballs. You might forget a payment or two and then get back on track and completely forget about the outstanding um, monthly payments that you missed you know, during COVID. So again, having a transparent conversation with the servicer and getting back on track is going to be the best thing that a consumer could do. But there's been no deferments on car loan payments as there has been on student loans. No, no, not at, not at, not at that scale. I did. I have heard of some servicers, um, some some smaller ones, but at a, at a level of student loans, no, not even close. Now the other place there have been deferments is foreclosures. So what is the impact on your credit score if you've not been foreclosed upon, but you've been late on your mortgage? Uh, is there any relief 
for people who aren't been able to make payments because of COVID uh, getting behind on their mortgage payments? Yeah, there there should be some relief from those servicers, major institutions that are you know, accumulating portfolios of of uh, housing products or housing loans, excuse me, uh, the Wells Fargo's of the world, the B of A's, um, so on and so forth. Um, you should be able to call and work with them a little bit. Uh, they do have some grace um, for folks that have fallen behind. But I can tell you this, historically speaking, uh, mortgage lates are the trickiest, trickiest of accounts to actually get alleviated off the profile. And as you guys know, or hopefully most of the people that are listening understand, uh, a mortgage late will kill any transaction in regards to traditional financing. You must have no late payments on a mortgage product within 12 months. So with that being said, um, oftentimes it does have a, it has a substantial hit in a lot of our borrowers that are coming to us uh, because those mortgage lates uh, maybe doesn't cripple the credit score completely, but having one within 12 months, it doesn't allow any sort of traditional finance to occur. And how about the same with rent? We've had the same thing, a, a moratorium on evictions, people not paying rent. Does that also affect your credit score negatively? So the, the rent actually does not have any sort of bearing on your credit score. What actually it does is it actually affected a lot of people that were the, the homeowners. Um, a lot of, I've seen, I, I had a, a magnitude of phone calls where people were just behind on mortgages, not because they were unable to pay their own mortgage, but because they had rental properties in which they had people that were living that were unable to pay the bills. And those people were protected um, through that, that rent act. So a lot of times I've seen people that own the homes, simply they were falling behind on their mortgages and rental properties, mainly because there was no way to actually have any sort of eviction um, on, on these renters. Now, some people are saying that when these, uh, I guess some of these have already dropped away as far as the moratoriums on eviction and foreclosure, that we're going to have a wave of evictions and foreclosures because it was kind of held back. Is, is that what you're expecting? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I understand both sides of the spectrum for sure. I understand that um, there was a lot, a lot of tough blows that were dealt during COVID and, and putting somebody out on the street wasn't the most uh, ethical thing to do at that moment in time. But, uh, you know, I think uh, as a nation, uh, to some degree, we've got back on our feet. We've brushed ourselves off. And there's a lot of landlords out there that are that are looking for some sort of restoration, some sort of payment uh, on on rent. Um, and now that all those laws have been lifted for the most part, um, I would suspect that there'll be a lot of evictions um, that are coming across the board. And as you and, and most of your listeners probably understand, Jordan, uh, evictions can uh, darn well show up on your credit profile. It is it is a nasty derogatory account. Yeah. In people in the housing market, it's such a hot market now. People need to be fully prepared uh, when they're competing uh, to buy a house. What are some things they can do uh, to get pre-approval or to look as good as possible to a seller in a very hot housing market? Yeah, and, that, and, that, and that's such a fantastic talk, talking point that you brought up here. Uh, also, our national credit care, you know, our, our bread and butter has always been that client. Uh, or clients that have been unable to be approved. 
um, whether there was a litany of collection accounts, they went through a bad divorce, they had an, uh, you know, an avalanche of medical debt. But, uh, Jordan, we are seeing a substantial update, uh, uptick, excuse me, of our current clientele coming into the program that actually already are pre-approved at a 640 or 660 or 680, and they're trying to get to top-tier pricing levels. And we're at a historic low in interest rates. It does not make sense to get qualified at rock-bottom pricing when you know, still some transactions are being done in the low threes. Furthermore, inventory is at such a uh, halt, at such a standstill, that borrowers, or excuse me, sellers, can be quite particular when it comes to choosing a potential buyer. So if you aren't squeaky clean, um, there's going to be 10 or 12 people behind you that, that might be looking a little bit better on paper. So to make sure that, you know, first and foremost, maintaining low credit card balances, you know, having a credit report clear of all questionable accounts, having long lengths of accounts, that's going to be all advantageous to the cause to make you a lot more attractive to a potential seller. In the roughly two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of sum up what difference it can make in people's lives to have their credit report as clean as possible and their credit score as high as possible? You know, it's something we talk about here immensely uh, across the board. It's going to be financial freedom. Uh, financial freedom is the bones, the DNA of national credit care. Uh, we understand interest rate gouging. We understand what it's like to have to put a down payment on a, on a cell phone wireless um, service, things of that nature, to get gouged uh, on auto loans, having high lim- or high interest credit cards with low with very low limits. Um, we understand that the money in which that you are spending on interest month in and month out, that could be reallocated in an investment portfolio, or putting it back out, uh, making money for you, not holding your head underwater, just getting by on bare minimums. Uh, the way that the market has been at least the last you know eight to ten years it's it's a travesty to be be paying all this interest uh, when it could be you know doing the opposite for you, which is actually you know putting a return into your pocket and, and I think that's the, that's the biggest uh, note that I'd like to leave forth with everybody is that you know perfect credit saves you more money across the board than any sort of uh, financial product that you may be able to invest to. Investing in your financial uh, well-being, your credit health, has the greatest return on investment. Not the stock market, not real estate, Jordan, but really having perfect credit where you're actually saving tens of thousands of dollars compared to someone with marginalized credit because they're paying through the nose in interest. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Anthony Yacobucci, National Sales Trainer at National Credit Care. You can find their website at nationalcreditcare.com. You've seen we've got a lot of helpful information to improve your credit score and your credit report. Thanks so much for being on the Money Answer Show, Anthony. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.